Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. You can do everything else right, but if your customers are not crystal clear on how your product will make their life better, they are not going to do business with you. And that's from the amazing Donald Miller. So greetings, hello, and welcome to the Profitable Photographer. I have to tell you that I have a favorite self-hypnosis recording that, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name, but he always started his, uh, they were cassette tapes with greetings, hello, and welcome. And it put me in that like already mood to like be self-hypnotized. So my goal today is maybe to self-hypnotize you into a greater sense of prosperity, joy, and courage to build the business success that you're dreaming about. Before I introduce my amazing guest, I want to ask you a favor. Could you go to the review section in iTunes and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode or any other episode. And then I would be so grateful if you would share it with one, two, a thousand friends, whoever you think might benefit from this show. Um, Because I know you have heard me say before, sharing is caring. (laughs) All right. So I'm excited to get to know more about our guest and learn um, what her superpower is and how she can help you as well. So Kate Story is my guest and she and her husband, Nick, are the owners of Bookmore Brides and they help the wedding business owners around the world understand how to identify their perfect clients and what to say to get them to book and also how to create strategic online content that builds relationships and sales. So welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for being on my show. Absolutely. So glad to be here. And I love your, is it Michigan accent? Yeah, (laughs) that delightful nasal Midwest accent. Yes. Yes. I'm just a student of um, slight accents and figuring out where they're from. So uh, pretty good guess on my part. That was very good. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. And I know you have so much to share. I'm wondering what your background is that has given you the ability to um, support others in their business. You know, have you been a photographer? So what's your story, Miss Story? (laughs) Exactly. Well, I I really married into the right family because that is essentially what I have been doing my entire life is telling stories, writing stories, helping people to tell their stories. That's both my personal and my professional background. Uh, Growing up, I, like I said, I, I loved to write. I would carry a notebook with me everywhere that I went. And uh, I I read at every opportunity that I had because anything having to do with reading and writing in the English language has just always been a passion for me. So when I went to college, I ended up getting a degree in public relations because I realized that I wanted 
to help people tell their stories. Mm. And by working with companies and organizations, I was able to do that by, you know, whether it was pitching newspapers or magazines uh, or, you know, helping them to be part of a specific event. Those were all things that I got to do as part of my career Mm -hmm. in public relations. And where I really started to get into the area where I'm at now, what, what I think ultimately led me down this path to where I am today was uh, I did work at uh, a museum, a historical attraction in the Metro Detroit area. And I was able to tell stories through digital marketing right when social media started to become very popular right around 2010, where, and when I say become popular, I mean, when businesses started to get in on the action (laughs) and organization. And I was able to serve as that organization's first social media manager. Mm. And it just opened up this whole new world of how, how I was able to tell stories. I was able to, in this particular historical attraction, there was uh, essentially what, if you're not familiar with it, it it essentially has a living farm on it and uh, people in period clothing um, and where they're not, they're not acting out as if they're characters from there, but sharing uh, very knowledgeable people who were sharing what it was like to live at that time. So Hmm. in any given day, I could be, uh, I, I could be interviewing a curator who was telling about a very important artifact to, uh, that impacted American history. Uh, and then I could get a call to say, Hey, we have some sheep down on the farm that are about to give birth to some lambs. Would you like to get some video of the new lambs and, and put it on, on Facebook? Hmm. Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you've now, what do you think the power of stories is when we're doing social media it connects us it it gives us the opportunity to understand what life is like for other people but also to find a connection between even if it's if it's a a life or a uh, a time period even that we are not as familiar with or that we that wasn't our experience but we have the opportunity by hearing other people's stories, by sharing our stories, we have the opportunity to not only learn, but to connect and to find that common thread with other people in different situations. So how do you think connecting with people leads to attracting and booking our ideal clients? Yes. <laughs> I know that's, a, that's a core of what you're passionate about, at least that's so far, that's what I've figured out. So how does that, how does that help? Like, I know you're not just telling stories like once upon a time, there was a chicken. (laughs) He said, the sky is falling like those things. So, yeah. So with, with this, uh, especially in the wedding industry. So the way that I, and my husband and I entered into the wedding industry was that we still own a DIY wedding video business. And the reason why we started it was because we couldn't have wedding video at our own wedding. And it was just, we, we got married pretty young. We were 23 and 24 and, you know, budgets were just a little tight. We were just starting out in our careers and our families helped, but you know, with every budget, there comes a limit, right? Right. So, but it was something that we, we really, really wanted and we just couldn't make happen. 
And every single year on our anniversary, as our family grew, as we lost family members, we really wish that there was an opportunity for us to be able to share our wedding story. And so the way that we came into the wedding industry was we founded that company and gave people an opportunity so that budget wasn't a problem anymore. Now they could film with, with how amazing the cameras are now on our own uh, phones and, and also with, with other methods. There really is no excuse anymore to, to not be able to tell that story in that way. So that's how we got into the wedding industry because it was, again, an extension of that storytelling. Now, how that connects with now as wedding professionals and how, uh, you know, the students that we work with and everything is we, we teach them how to tell their client stories and to also describe how your experience is going to help them to tell that story. Because as phenomenal as our own stories might be, and I've, there's definitely a time and a place for sharing your own story, what our clients ultimately want is for their story to be told. So what our job is as professionals is to be able to find the unique way that based on our story and our unique talents and gifts that we are able to help tell our client's story through the work that we do. Yes. So a specific example is a pair of photographers that we worked with based out of Chicago. And the work that they do was very, uh, an artistic style, very moody. It was gallery worthy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was the style that they, that they had expertise in and that they liked to shoot in. But here's the thing. If we tell a story, if those photographers were to say, we like to shoot in this style, we like to provide photographs that give this type of a mood and a feel and everything that's not going to connect mm -hmm. with our clients. We have to say this is in this style. This is how you are going to feel right. with your pictures in the style. Mm -hmm. So working with them, we help them to kind of turn it around. And they were, I mean, cause their work was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Nothing needed to be done with the work that they did or the talent or anything like that. It all had to do with the story they were telling. They had to make sure that they were not telling their story. They were showing how their skills and expertise were going to tell their client's story the way that they wanted it told because right. their clients wanted their, for example, their wedding day, because they're, they're specifically wedding photographers. They, their clients wanted their wedding day story told artistically, beautifully with these, these very incredible angles and unexpected shots and unexpected backgrounds. That was how they wanted to tell their wedding story. So that is what we counseled them to, to tell is talk about how what makes you so wonderful at what you do, how this is going to help tell your client's story. Mm. So if I can summarize or let me know if, if I'm on the right track. Mm -hmm. um, so when I'm coaching people and we're working on their website, and I always love talking to somebody that's 
got uh, great information about websites because I get to learn more too. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> is on the about me page that saying you like black coffee and walks in the rain and you bought your first camera when you were 10 and those kinds of things, that's not telling a story, right? Right. Yeah. So saying I love black coffee. So that means when we're together, all this energy is going to go into your event or like, that's a little, that's a <laughs> reaching a little bit, but it's about, here's this thing about me and here's why it benefits you. Absolutely. And, and not going, I, this, I, 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 but, but like for me, I say, um, I, I talk about how I've always been a, a kid magnet. I'm like every kid's aunt Lucy <laughs> and then, you know, share about the comfort that the children feel and that many of them wish they lived next door to me. And, you know, that parents yes. can trust the fact that, that I'm going to love her kids. So photographs she has will bring out their true personalities will be beyond a picture of their faces, but um, bring back those memories forever because my heart is fully in it. And there, so am I on the right? right yes, there? no, absolutely. So that's, it's, it's a fine line to walk because Yes, you do want to share some things about yourself again for that connection point, right? To be able to to find similarities so they can say, "Oh, me too." But if we don't go into this with the the mindset that I need to share the 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 story that I have and what has made me who I am and what makes me unique, if I can't help my clients to understand what that's going to mean, for their experience, for their photographs, it's not going to, it's, well, one, it actually makes it more difficult for clients to choose you mm -hmm. because they're not seeing what's in it for them. I mean, this is a human nature element, uh, just like storytelling is very much a human nature element, you know, understanding what, what the benefit is for me is mm -hmm. a human nature element. So if our, if our clients can't see that, if they can't understand how our skills and our talents are going to make their experience better, it lumps us all together because that's what every other photographer is saying, right? right. They're all saying, I like this, or I don't like this. It's all right. about me. And it's like, okay, well then what does that mean for my experience right. when I hire you? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I've never thought of this before, but if I hired a contractor, well, I did hire a contractor to remodel my kitchen. I didn't care when he bought his first hammer. Right. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I don't care what he does in his free time. Now, it, sure. A few little personal things that make mm -hmm. me feel like I would know and like and trust him could come into play, but I more care about what it is about him. Like maybe he has a degree in architecture. Maybe he, uh, as, as a hobby, he, he does woodworking that he enters in the, in the county fair, you know, mm -hmm. it, and so therefore with the cabinet making, 
he brings that artistry and training so that my cabinets are not just going to look like something off the shelf at Ikea. Exactly. Have that personal uh, quality. And also because I'm the kind of person that I want to work with, like right now I have a new housekeeper that's busy doing wonderful things in my home as we speak. Hooray. And I would never hire a housekeeping service. I'm the kind of person that wants the, the painter or the, you know, whatever that service is. I want to be comfortable with that person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing you would agree with me that, that having stories that connect the the person that's looking for you Mm -hmm. and the person you're looking for where they feel like they not only trust you because of what you're sharing, but they, they like you, they'd enjoy being around you, that your personality and theirs is a mesh. Absolutely. And I really think, you know, I I'm someone who I really like to, to get practical tips and, and tools like that's what I enjoy. And that's what I like to, to give to people as well. Mm -hmm. So to take that to a practical level, so your experience and your expertise does mean something. And that's something that I always, I do want to, to be clear on is that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't share that, you know, if you have a specific uh, designation, if you are a certification, if you have won awards, if you have 20 plus years of experience, those are all important things to be able to share. And I'm not, I, I don't want people to think that those aren't valuable because that's not going to, that's not something that our clients are going to care about. They do care about those things. Mm-hmm. But the question that we should always be asking ourselves is what does this mean for my clients? Right. If you want to say, I have 20 years of experience then say, what does this mean for my clients? Well, it means that this is not my first rodeo, right? (laughs) This is not, I'm not a brand new student who's, you know, just trying to figure out how does the flash work and what aperture should I be using? You know, it's, it's all those, it's not that at all. I know what I'm doing. And furthermore, I, I know how to make you comfortable in front of the camera. Like you were saying that, you know, how to, uh, you gave the example of kids. I know how to make kids feel like, like I'm their aunt Lucy. So they feel comfortable around me. You get those real smiles. You get that, that real nature and that character, not those awkward, you know, bad school cheese. pictures. Yeah. Cheese face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so tip number one, um, cause I love one of the, if you've listened to some of my shows, mm-hmm. Kate, um, I love to have doable action steps for sure yes. and list them. Okay. So number one is it's great to share your expertise and awards and experience, but while you're doing it, let people know what that means for them. Yeah. It, always and, ask yourself, what does this mean for my clients? Okay. What's another tip then? Another tip is to not make it too hard for people to book with you. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that, and, and I'm sure Lucy, with your background in, you know, really understanding the sales process and knowing how to make that easier for photographers, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. 
but we do have to invite people into a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. We can't leave too much guesswork as to how they can further advance the story. Because if you've done the work of asking, what does this mean for my clients? And you've clearly communicated that, uh, you know, especially in your website, I'm taking it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. If you've clearly communicated this on your website, then the next logical step is, okay, how do I make this happen? So we want to make sure we're not making it too difficult for them to work with us. So that means making sure you have enough calls to action, not only in your words, but also in the buttons, the placement of them, making sure we don't have one contact me or call me uh, button all the way at the bottom of your website, Mm -hmm. because the, the statistics show that the farther someone has to go down your website to get information, the fewer people will take the time to scroll all the way down. So often I can't find someone's email, phone number, or where the heck they are when I'm like, somebody will maybe friend me and like, oh, I want to look up their website and, and they're, it's all like a secret. Mm -hmm. Um, And on Facebook, I like when front and center on the page one of your personal one, you've got your website you can click on not to go from here to here to here to here to here before I can find out you even have a website. So mm-hmm. am I on track with that? Is that yes, what you're talking about? Absolutely. Just making it easy for people because the reality is that there are statistics that show and studies that show based off of online behavior our attention spans grow shorter all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have statistically about six seconds. So the statistics show that we only have six seconds for someone when they land on our website for them to decide whether they're going to stick around and learn a little bit more, or if they're going to head out and go find somebody else who can answer their questions. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have to make sure, like you were saying, that we don't make it a secret. I liked how you said that, that we don't make it a secret as to how to get in touch with us in terms of how they can work with us, what they need to do to take those next steps, because the easier we can make it for people to, to go further down that customer journey, then the more likely we're, they're going to actually book us <laughs> because we have made it a simple process for them, a clear and easy process for them. Right, right. I, some people, when I have said, why don't you have anything on your personal Facebook page about your photography? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, this is just personal. <sighs> and I, when we're in business, we are now a public figure mm-hmm. and you don't know where your next lead is going to come from. Absolutely. You know, unless you're like hiding out from the law or you have some <laughs> job where you're not allowed to, to mention it, um, more, more is better. Sounds like you agree with me. I do. And you know, not to go too far off topic, but I do think that that tends to be more of a confidence issue. If, if mm. we're not feeling confident about our skill set or mm. about what we offer people, then I think that's where the tendency to hide things a little bit tends to come in. And I, you know, and, and that's an, again, that's a natural thing. That's a human nature thing. Yeah. But the more that we 
know and feel like we, we absolutely know with certainty that we can do our job and do it well, mm -hmm. then I think it becomes a lot easier to share that right. information. And Kate, um, I know you work with photographers. Mm -hmm. um, you also work with other people in the wedding industry. So you may not have as much clarity on this as I do as a photography coach that because we're selling our art that it feels so personal that yes. like I have to be good enough I'm not good enough I'm not worthy and so I'm I need to be um taking some notes I'm going to do a a solo episode on being good enough quote unquote oh, yeah. and separating our product from ourselves that if someone likes what we've created for them it's about them it's about their family it's about their wedding it's not about that we're worthy to like breathe and you know yes whatever, whatever it feels like as long as they like it we're good enough as long absolutely. as we're competent because absolutely taking on a wedding when you've never done a wedding and you like like you said don't know your flash or we we like to say an f-stop from a bus stop <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we need to be confident and competent <laughs> yes well and, and it's it's so funny that's because actually that was the that was the third tip oh good okay in some ways that i was i was going to say is that we can't let our artistry get in the way of our business sense Got and it. that's that's exactly it because i i completely agree with you i have had the opportunity to work with several photographers and videographers uh through book more brides and i have found that those are the two professions that you know that that the most are see their work as as art and absolutely it is and and that's where i i agree with you it becomes very hard to not take take our work so so seriously and so personally but the thing is is that we have to realize that if we want to run this as a business, if we want to not be to not keep this as a hobby and that we do want to make a living out of this, not just something we do on the side, then we have to make sure that we are keeping a strong business sense about us and understanding that what you just said, we have to separate out our, our feelings about our artwork from how our clients are going to benefit from the work that we do. Right. They are intertwined in many ways because they, our clients work with us because they want our artistic sense. Absolutely. But at the same time, we have to make sure that we don't either allow that, uh, that imposter syndrome to get to us too much right. or the other side of it is feeling that we, it's feeling that our artwork is above what the client truly needs wait say that again say that in yes way. yes the other side of it is not seeing our art if we're going to make this as a true business and be truly profitable and be able to make a living off of this we cannot value our artistic sensibilities above what the client needs. And this is why we have to get clear 
in terms of the clients that we bring in, mm -hmm. because I have seen photographers and videographers in particular that want to see the work that they do as, as being very artistic and everything, but it comes at the expense of what the clients end up needing, mm. where they will end up photographing or filming in such a way because they got carried away by the art, the artistry of it, the artistic sense of mm -hmm. it, and didn't necessarily get what the client truly needed, you know, right. specific events or specific, and, and I, I'm not talking big milestone things here, but if, if we allow our artist side to get carried away, it can put the, again, the focus back on us, right? It's putting the focus back on what do I like to do? How do I like to do things rather than how is the, the how are the talents and the gifts that I have going to benefit this couple or these clients? So that way they are getting the, the end result that they want. Right. And not, um, that, that's a, I've never thought about it, but it resonates so strongly with me that, um, like one of the reasons I had to quit weddings is because my best work, some of my very most creative artistic work was only ending up as a five by five in their book mm -hmm. because what they needed and wanted and paid for, which that's a whole other, that's a whole other topic about yes. when you're selling your photographs, rather than giving them all, you start to see what they'll actually pay for and what they really want and what they really need. And people buy pictures of people together, of the bride looking gorgeous, where you see her whole dress, the, you know, couple together, the mom with the bride, like those family pictures are important. Those those event pictures are important. And for most couples, they want some of my scenic work, but it's not the whole day. And if I miss, if I miss the activities or I don't get the dad, you know, dad and mom with the bride or whatever would be most important for them, it doesn't matter how, you know, I created something that at the PPA print competition would get a hundred. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing, especially as, as photographers, you know, if, if that is, if that's your passion is, is to have these, those absolutely stunning award-worthy shots, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's understanding what the end result and the end goal is. If mm -hmm. the end goal is to book more weddings, well, then we need to think about what is it that these, these wedding clients are going to truly desire and value. Right. But if we're doing this because we are looking to, you know, perhaps have work featured in a gallery, if we want to win awards, that's a very different intention. And it's just making sure that we are being clear on what the intention is and what the end result and goal is and, right. and who it's for. Yes. And like, I see a lot of people say, um, I have an editing style and my bride asked me if I could do something different and no, this is my style. Yes. And, and a lot of times it's when the style is kind of an unusual toning mm -hmm. and some brides want to see natural skin tone, Absolutely. but they love the way you photograph, not the way you, you edit. Yes. And, 
And, and so- that, that goes back to also, again, being very clear on your website and your digital communications about what your style is mm-hmm. and make sure, because the more clear we can be about that, the, the more we're going to bring in clients who want that. And then we don't have those, how frustrating what that, that must've been for that photographer was like, no, this is my style. How could they not understand that? Right. But at the same time, that means that they were likely not being clear. Yes. Well, and the same time devil's advocate is, I think a photographer who is going to die on a hill for this, for their editing style, that there may be a middle ground with that. If someone really loves, because there's the style that you shoot and then there's what you do in Photoshop Mm -hmm. or Lightroom and that, you know, and there's your personality style and there's so many factors that go into a bride and groom choosing us that that um you know and that I guess in back in my day we did film (laughs) only and I suppose if I had chosen I'm a black and white photographer because you know that would be a clear distinction Mm -hmm. if somebody asked me to shoot in color as well then I would have to make a decision on that am I going to serve this one bride because she also likes color or am I is black and white? That's it. That's what you get from me, the end. And that that's a creative and a business decision because if I'm going broke, because I can't find enough people that want my black and white, you know, then I have to change something, market better or be flexible. But now, you know, you can have it light and airy you can have it dark and moody you can have it kind of orangey you can have it yellowy you can have it true color you can have it saturated right. so there's a lot a lot more to think about than when I was was doing weddings so yeah it's an well and if I could give another example yes so this and so what you were saying you know it, it's light and airy it's dark and moody it's it's these types of tones and everything like that This is another reason why we have to be completely clear Mm. on the style that we prefer, because there is a a very famous saying, and, and I say it often to our clients as well, is that if you are for everybody, you are for nobody. Mm. We have, we have to give a distinction and help people to understand what it is that we do. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do other styles, but we do have to give people a clear understanding of what our capabilities are. And if it goes beyond, if if you're able to do both dark and moody and light and airy, then my recommendation would be either to, like you said, to you know, choose either choose one or to find a different connecting thread with that client. Because if, if the editing style doesn't matter as much, then there's something else that we need to connect with them on. So let me give you an example. We do have that, the Chicago-based team of photographers that we worked with that have that very dark and moody artistic style. That's very different from a different client that we have who has that light and bright and airy style. Now, if we were, and if you look at their websites, you can see those are two very different styles. You can tell in their, in their uh, photography and their work, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to put the light and bright airy photographer's pictures on the dark and moody and vice versa and have them like 
switching in the carousel or anything like that, it's all it's going to do is introduce confusion into your clients because then they're going to say, well, wait a second. Are they the dark and moody photographer or are they the light and airy photographer? Mm -hmm. We have to make it clear what it is that we like to do. And that's where our interests and our style and the things that we do like to do come into play. But we do have to be clear which one is it so we can bring in the right couples and the right clients and the ones who are like, yeah, that's not really my style. That's okay. But then we're not stuck in that position of either having a disappointed client or having to alter the way that we typically do things and not being happy about it. Right. I was in yearbook in high school, which is true about a lot of photographers I found. And they made up a category for my brother because he, they wanted him to be, have a title. So they called him the continuity editor. And actually, I think that's really valid. I think what you're saying is there needs to be continuity when they, with everything, with the words you use, the photos you show, the way you, that you run your business. Is, is that, am I on track? Is that the yes, absolutely. Tip number four? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just making sure that it all makes sense because if we, it's like we said, right at the beginning, if we're not crystal clear about what we do, how we do it, how it's going to make our clients' lives better, all it does is enter confusion into their mind. They're uncertain whether or not we're going to give them what they really want. And if they're not sure about it, they're going to go find someone who can make it certain for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, are there other tips or I have a question for you, but I want to make sure I get your practical tips in. Yes, that was, that was really uh, what I, I really wanted to make sure that, that we are uh, not making it uh, too difficult to understand what we do, that we don't make it hard for people to work with us, uh, that we are asking ourselves, what does this mean for our clients? And then also, like I said, make sure that we are not allowing our artistic sensibilities to override what we're our business sense and, and how our client is going to benefit. Because again, they need to understand how it's going to make their life better and how it's going to accomplish their end goal. So those are really the, the biggest things I, I, I could really go all day about digital marketing, but yeah. <laughs> those are, I think the most important things. Okay. To start with. So uh, there's three questions that I think are all kind of the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you all of them together about how to attract high-end leads, how to get couples to stop focusing on price Mm -hmm. and how to stand out in a crowded market where there are a lot of people who are not charging very much, how to stand out without lowering your price. So to me, those kind of can kind of all converge about Mm -hmm. high dollar, high end, how to, how to, how to Charged stand well, out paid really well when yes. there's people. Well, actually, I think it's two standing out in a in a market where there's a lot of cheapies, how to charge well, mm-hmm. and then keeping this the other one is keeping your clients not focused on the price. So I'm yes. gonna zip my lip right now and you can share whatever it is makes sense to you in that question. <laughs> Yes. So really the answer to all of those is making sure that we're being clear on what our clients are going to be getting from us. 
Okay. So when it comes to attracting high end clients, we have to use a language that's going to resonate with high end clients. And that means I mean, some of them are a little more obvious than others. For example, don't use the word affordable. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't talk about how you're going to make things simple and easy necessarily. Uh, you know, and there's always a little bit of playroom, uh, you know, a little bit of wiggle room with some of these that you can play with. But for the most part, making sure that you are using words that are going to resonate with those high end couples. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be different for, for each photographer based on your style, based on the clients you like to work with. Uh, because not every market, not every photographer uh, is all going to have the same way of saying things. So that's the first thing is making sure you're using the right language to attract those high-end couples mm -hmm. so that way they feel like you understand them and the world that they live in. Mm -hmm. But secondly, the other part of it to stand out in a crowded market and to not have clients completely focused on price is by making sure that you are saying again, who you are for and you're not for everybody. So you have to say who you are for, mm. what do you do? And what does that mean for them? Because the biggest, I really feel that the biggest problem among wedding professionals for certain, but, but among photographers also just in general, wedding industry or not is that we all tend to use the same words and we all sound the same. We're going to yeah. capture every moment. We're going to um, be there for you. We're going to, I, I'm trying to, the, the one, the, yeah. actually, the, the one I, 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 that has the most, I, I tend to think are actually wedding planners. Wedding ah. planners will often say, I'm going to take the stress away from your day. Hmm. So you can just enjoy your wedding day. That's yeah. a very true statement. And you are going to do that. I sure hope you do because that's what they need. Yes. <laughs> However, we have to think again, what does that, what, by taking away that stress or in the, you know, in photography, by capturing every moment, what does that mean for them? Does it mean, and again, we have to go beyond whether it's, oh, so, so you can just relax and fully enjoy your day because every single photographer is saying that. And you every single to, photographer should be doing that. Yes, absolutely. But you have to, you have to go deeper than that. And that's where we really start to get into understanding what it is that our clients truly want when they work with us. Okay. Because once they, un, once you understand what it is that they truly want from working with you, because it's not just beautiful photographs, mm -hmm. it's so much deeper than that. If you are a photographer who loves capturing those hidden moments those little things that those, those expressions that, you know, those natural moments that, that just unfiltered, you know, unexpected, spontaneous, what does that mean when they open up their wedding album and they see those pictures, how are they going to feel? What memories are they going to relive? This is what we have to communicate because when we communicate these things, this elevates us to a whole new level because the buying decision is an emotional one. So we have to tap into our clients' emotional desires and needs because once we can do that and connect with them on that level, price will no longer matter. Right. So how would you 
what would be the story that you would tell where I would understand that by working with you, I'm assuming I'm not going to get primarily a lot of formally posed work, but mm -hmm. I'm going to get those uh, surprising little moments yes. that bring me back. So yeah, uh, I would, I one of the biggest things you can do is paint that picture of success, paint what their, their experience is going to look like, spell it out for them. Oh, for example, can you make it up yes. and tell me? Yes. So for example, the, the way that I, I'm going to go from the wedding perspective, because that's what I'm, I'm most familiar with is working with wedding photographers, but it's the way that your, your new husband gasped when he saw you, the way his eyes, you know, lit up as soon as he saw you walking down the aisle, the way that your dad wiped away a tear as you, as you, uh, as you walk toward him for that first photo, the way that, you know, you're, um, you laughing and, and, you know, uh, laughing and, and those belly laughs as you're on the dance floor or as your maid of honor gave her speech, paint that picture, help them to understand what those things. Now, those are some of the more expected moments. So, and again, this is going to be different for everybody because it's going to sure. depend on your unique style, yeah, but that's just, where you get to, to play with that and so have fun. I'm just, I'm just trying to like, um, reel in and like not talking about a story, but give me a story as if mm -hmm. I'm, you know, it could be flowers. It could be something else, but like how, how would you tell me that story? Yes. I'm looking for, looking for some meat here. I'm, I'm yeah. just, uh, so I'm just looking for a little more clarity of, okay, let's say I'm, I'm a photographer that does more posed things that the people are lit beautifully and their expressions are gorgeous and all the little, uh, little, mm -hmm. you know, a little more on the, I guess the client that would be looking for um, a little more of the classic. So yeah. what's a story in that? I'm having trouble with yeah. how I tell that as a story. It helps if we think about what their experience is going to be like and how they're going to feel every time they look at those pictures on display in their house. Okay. So pretend you're writing that. Yep. So I have, okay, let me give you an example. We have, my husband and I have a picture of us from our wedding and I have a story behind it. It was, we got married at the end of fall and there were these beautiful, it was right before all of the leaves fell off the trees. I just kept praying that whole week before, please stay on the trees because I wanted pictures mm -hmm. with the fall colors. And my, uh, one of my bridesmaids who ended up becoming a photographer herself noticed how there, there was a mist that was outside and it's a light fog. And there was this old, um, lantern that was outside and this beautiful full, you know, foliage tree with bright yellow leaves. And she pulled us and, and our photographer and said, you need to get this picture right now. Every time I walk past that picture in our living room, because we have a giant framed copy of it. Every time I walk past that picture, I think about that beautiful, that cool fall night and how wonderful it felt with the, it was already twilight out and the soft glow of the lantern, which is captured in the corner of the picture. 
and the way that the leaves were gently falling from the trees. Mm. These were all things. See, when you can, when you can explain it, paint the right. picture, tell That's them what, I was what yeah, it so, is they're going to get. Yes. yes. Yeah. So a story that I use, um, especially if it's, if I'm talking about working with blended families mm -hmm. and is I, I love how a photograph can actually change people's lives mm. and make people feel a part of. And I photographed a family that was a blended family and the son lived with not the dad that was my client, but, mm -hmm. but his parents and mm -hmm. he never fully felt a part of his dad and his stepmom and his step siblings lives mm -hmm. and she told me that in advance so when I photographed it I made sure that in in all the photos they were like leaning into him I put him in the middle so that he felt surrounded by love I did a beautiful picture of he and his dad together and made sure that the mom had a a nice portrait in his bedroom uh you know at their house and she said that Number one, the session itself changed how he felt about being a part of this family. It celebrated that the relationship with he and his dad were unchangeable, even though his dad married someone else. And she said that when he comes, you know, if he's been at his mom's and he's coming there for the weekend or his week there, he always goes right to the photograph and looks at it and she can see that he realizes I'm home also here and I'm a part of this family. That's amazing. That's And that's the story. So think about what is at the heart of that. That's, that's how you tell that story because that to me tells me the work that you do. It's not just capturing the, this, this family and you didn't, you know, cross your fingers and hope for the best that this would unite this family and that, you know, this would give them those feelings. You went above and beyond because you took the time to know your clients and this story and what was happening, because I've worked with plenty of photographers myself for family show, uh, family photos shoots like that. In fact, I worked with one just last fall. And it was, it, it's a bit of a blended family situation as well with, with my parents. So it's my stepdad's grown son and his children, and then my children. And we got all of the grandkids together with my stepdad and my mother. My photographer never asked that, hmm. that they didn't ask what the family dynamics were. I just said, just I wanted to get pictures so they of the faces in front of the camera and the bodies in front of the camera got some nice expressions. Yep. Nice they knew this nice con composition was grandma and grandpa. And they knew that these were grandkids and yeah. that was the extent of the questions he asked me. Mm -hmm. And again, as a, as a client, I didn't think to offer up that, Hey, these are, this is a, you know, a blended family. This is my stepbrother and his family who I'm close with. But mm -hmm. it's, this is not, this is a, a slightly different family dynamic than what you might expect. And, uh, but I, you as the photographer took the time to do that. And that's 
the difference. You wanted to tell that story. So what I would recommend to you as a photographer is to, you don't have to tell that specific story, but tell about what's at the heart of it, that Mm. you take the time to understand your client's unique family dynamics or the unique dynamics of the situation, which you're photographing them so that you can produce the most, you know, and depending on how you want to phrase it, the, the most powerful family photos, the most, um, photos that unite photos that are going to, you know, celebrate the heart of a family that's been created. That's what I would suggest because that's really what's central to the work that you do. And that's Mm -hmm. the result that your clients are going to get when they hire you. And so the people that will be attracted to that will, it's like, it's like a, the dog whistle, like they'll, they'll hear it. People that, <laughs> yes. that are um, more, let's say left brain people that just want to get the job done, get it in mm-hmm. and out. Um, like I I'm in San Diego. And so I'll show up at the beach for a portrait. And I usually go two hours before, because I never know if it's overcast, then the light be be- might be best right at the beginning if not, it's the sweet light at the end. And I'll see photographers. Sometimes there'll be like three or four that show up. They put the groups together, click, click, click. They may do a couple of smaller ones, click, 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 and they leave. Mm-hmm. And so that nothing wrong with that. But I, if, if that's what I did, what I hear you saying is I'd want to say, I keep it very simple. I'm, yeah. I'm going to create images you know we spend 40 minutes or less you we're not going to wear everybody out um you know they're going to I can't think of how I would word that because it's no you're you're absolutely right because neither of those styles are wrong right the way the what you did and what you said the photographer click 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 in and out done neither of those are are better than the other but we need to make sure our clients understand that because think about, again, if, if we were to, if, if you were on your website describing that, you know, that I take the time to get to know my customers and everything. If, if you're someone who is pressed for time, you just want a quick photo. You'd be like, nope, that's too much work. <laughs> you right. know? That would, that would, and so that would turn off those people, but the people who are like, yes, I want this, this story told through photography. That's why I'm hiring you. They're going to resonate with that language on your website. And it's going to make it so much easier for them to say, wow, I really need to talk to her and to see if, if she's got availability. Yes. Thank you. I, I think we really fleshed that out nicely. So I'm also thinking, and tell me if you don't agree with me. I know you love words. Picture tells a thousand words. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, sometimes people have too many words and not enough powerful picture stories. Mm. So I'm assuming that you would be on team be sure that you have photographs that grab somebody's heart as well, that the words are important, but also as photographers, the imagery Mm -hmm. has to capture their imagination and that um, more is not always more people. Mm -hmm. My understanding is people remember the weakest photograph that they see from us, not the strongest. Mm. So, um, so my two cents on that is just 
that our photos are part of the storytelling as well. Yes. Of what, like if I showed a lot of pictures of, like <laughs> there's, I had this great photo of a toddler and two golden retrievers. And I never use that for advertisement because I'm not a pet photographer, even yes. though it was one of the best images I've ever taken. <laughs> and also because the likelihood of a toddler and two dogs sitting nicely together on a log <laughs> in the perfect light is like one in a thousand. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a lie in my storytelling if I had put that photograph especially as a prominent one thoughts on that yeah so that really again goes back to the clarity making sure that we're clearly demonstrating what it is that our clients are going to get when they hire us and that's the thing so we we do have to I I am definitely I I was going to say my you know maybe it's an unpopular opinion but I what I tend to see when I look at photographers websites is that there tends to be too many photographs and not mm-hmm. enough words. I agree. So I think that you do have to have a balance. You don't want to go too heavy. Like you said, you don't, you also don't want it to be one main shot no. and that's it. And the rest is all words because that's not appealing either. Right. So we definitely want to make sure we have a balance of those things, but we have to be clear in our words, but we also have to be clear in our photographs. And that's what you were saying. I think when you mentioned about the toddler and the dog, because what does that tell me? That tells me family, family pets, you know, and, and if that's not really, if that's not your focus, that's what, not what I would lead with. Again, you have to think about what is it that my clients are really looking to accomplish mm-hmm. when they hire me and then choosing a photograph that complements that, that basically, like you said, a picture is worth a thousand words. So what picture is going to echo those words that you're also saying? Right. I, I'm also really big on exploring our unique identity and making sure that our logo, our colors, the fonts we use, mm-hmm. um, in addition to those beautiful words that you help people, it, it all goes together. Like if, if the website looked like um, something from a Harley Davidson ad, and then you met me, it'd be really <laughs> confusing. <laughs> yes, yes, we it, it, it can't be too, everything has to work together. And that's why I know it can be frustrating, especially if you don't enjoy marketing or you don't enjoy uh, on, you know working on your online presence or anything like that. It can feel a little, frustrating and, and boring to be able to work on those. But if you do the work, it's something that is going to pay off for you. It truly will. And with a website, once it's done and it's awesome, it's It's done. done. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you can fiddle with it if you want, but I, but yeah, I, I, I am much more of the opinion that you, you get clear on who it is that you like to serve, how you can serve them, how they can get in touch with you and, and choose images and words that are going to display that and then let it ride. Because the more we, the more we fiddle with it anyways, the, the more we're likely to start one doubting ourselves two uh, putting in conflicting messages. And, and then again, that just introduces confusion to our clients Mm -hmm. and 
And then it makes it harder for them to want to book with us because they're not certain about the experience they're going to get by, by hiring us. Exactly. I love it. So I have two questions because the clock on the wall says that's all or almost. (laughs) So question number one, I know that you have some goodies on your website uh, that you offer. So how do we get in touch with you and find the way to get that? And what is that thing? Yes, absolutely. So we did talk earlier about how photographers can stand out in a crowded market and to become more than price. So we do actually have a guide to that, a free download called the Price Shoppers Guide. And that is available on our website, bookmorebrides.com. Pop-up should come up, make it nice and easy to be able to, uh, to download that. And any other questions along the way, you know, we are always happy to, you know, offer a a complimentary uh, website review and maybe give you a couple of tips on how uh, you can more clearly attract the right kinds of clients for you. Uh, All you have to do is email us hello at bookmorebrides.com and we'd be happy to do that. Great. Okay. Last question. What is either something that you'd be like, oh, I wish I'd have mentioned that or just a wrap up of what you want us to take away from our conversation. I would say the most important thing that we can remember in our business is that it's not about us. It's about our clients. Yes. And when we have that mindset, we are all given unique talents and gifts, but when we can figure out how to clearly communicate that to our clients, and make sure that it's about them and their experience and not about us and our experiences, the better our business will be. Because like I said earlier, you know, sometimes it's, they don't, they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And the way that we can demonstrate that is by showing them that we care about the experience that they're going to have when we, when they hire us, not all the things that got us to be who we are and where we're at now. Got it. Yes. Uh, Even this is a little side note, but Professional Photographers of America has schools where you spend a week and they're different regions. I don't know if you know this, Kate, Um, and you spend a week with a photographer. Oh, nice. And I, I know that I would not have the business I have if I had not attended at least 10, 12 of them. And especially during a time when I couldn't technically afford it, I knew it was worth it. But then I took a week-long class with one of the most famous portrait photographers that ever lived. And now, right now, his name is flying out of my head. But you would recognize these. He did Hollywood, he did musicians, incredible incredible uh, photographer and it was the least valuable class I took Mm. because he spent most of the time talking telling stories about this star this celebrity this session Mm -hmm. and not teaching me and now I'm delighted as I've gotten older that I got to spend a week with somebody you know that is like it's going to, as soon as we hang up, it's going to pop in my head, but maybe I shouldn't say it anyway, because he's well-loved. He's a really nice man, Sure. but um, he wasn't inspiring. It wasn't about us. That's how it wraps up with what you said. 
Absolutely. is he wasn't really teaching about us. He was sharing about himself. And um, yeah, so that that taught me more clearly when I work with people to keep focused on them and not my own achievements. Um, yeah, so I love that. All right, so everybody uh, be sure to stay tuned for my wrap up. And Kate, I'm so glad that you reached out to me and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast. What's the name of your show? The Book More Brides podcast. Well, that works. <laughs> so <laughs> nice and clear, right? <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot of great tips and conversations going on that. So hope you have a great rest of your month and thanks a bunch for being on the show, Kate. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. You're welcome. Thanks for staying tuned for my wrap up with Kate's story. And before I do that, I just want to make sure that you are in my private Facebook group called the profitable photographer and that you've liked my page, the profitable photographer with Lucy Dumas page, um, where, and my Instagram, which is the profitable photog, something like that. <laughs> you can check show notes or just, you know, look for me because that way you get notified about who's coming up. It's a place for you to let me know who you'd like to see or just jump into conversations. So check that out. So, okay. It was great to, um, talk to Kate's story and the fact that a big part of her client base is people in the wedding industry, not just photographers, gives her probably a lot of perspective that might be different from um, those of us that are primarily in the photography business. And I can tell that she really understands digital marketing and especially writing what to say. So let's see. She said, well, her last name's story says it all. She's big on telling stories. And she says like with her, when doing an about me page, for example, it is good to put our experience and expertise awards and training, but we want to connect the dots with what that means for our client. So if you have an art degree, then mentioning, you know, you studied art because you're fascinated with line and design and composition. Um, and that the photographs their her clients receive have all of that so that they're uh, more than a photograph. They're also using all of that art principle. I don't know if I'm summarizing that way, but you get it. Or um, I personally, I worked in a children's store for 12 years. So, uh, and don't look at my about me page too much in depth because it's not very detailed, <laughs> but um, I would, if I were rewriting it and adding some more things, I would say, you know, one of the reasons I know how to put children at ease, I understand their, their personalities at different ages is because I worked in a children's store for two years and I never, ever, ever got sick of the kids. I, it was just a great joy to work there because of the children. So that's a story that would be a reason a mom might hire me. Then she says, don't make it hard for people to book you. Don't be a secret. Have buttons on your website on every page where they can connect with you. Have the call to action. 
have your phone number, your email and your location and your Facebook connection and everything easy to find everywhere. Um, let's see, number three is not to let our artistry get in the way of our business sense. Don't see our art as more valuable than what a client needs. And you'll have to listen back to hear what she meant by that. Um, number four, and this is big and I haven't, haven't heard this mentioned it before, but continuity attracts our ideal clients. So the words, the photos, how we dress, how we speak, our environment, our logo, um, the colors, all of that, keeping that all consistent and in the same, like where you would expect uh, someone who loves photographing pets to, to have pet portraits <laughs> on their website and have things about, you know, the value of art with your pets in your home and why they love dogs or, um, and that the logo wouldn't necessarily, uh, if, if uh, the photographer is someone that wears cowboy boots and a nice hat and a, and a, a wonderful fringed cowgirl shirt while she's working, then you wouldn't expect her studio to be super fancy, formal, everything super modern, but with gold and black, at least I wouldn't, that would not seem to have continuity to me. Um, and then she talked about how you can charge well, one, find clients that will pay more. Be clear, use the languaging that resonates with our high-end clients to stand out and not be attracting price conscious people is to figure out who am I for? Tap into those clients' desires, paint a picture of what they can expect. And then, um, you know, then we're gonna attract those people and we're gonna learn where to find them. So thank you again, Kate, for being on the show. And I look forward to hopefully meeting you in person sometime. All right, so have a wonderful, wonderful day, week, month, year, life, whatever. <laughs> know that I'm sending you a big virtual hug and am grateful that you're listening now and every other time. Okie doke. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.